Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for joining in today here on pathtozion.com or over on our YouTube channel where you're likely watching the video. You can always reach out to us via email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. We love corresponding with anyone, anywhere, anytime, about anything virtually. Um, of course, specific to the topics that we propose here on the program. Um, and so I'm going to get right to it today. Uh, this is somewhat impromptu, um, and, and as you see in the title, the question is for consideration today is, do men still need to call upon the name of the Lord? Do, do men still need to call upon the name of the Lord? Do we today, those who call ourselves believers, followers of Jesus, uh, of Messiah, Yeshua, does it matter at all? Um, if, in fact, we, we declare out of our mouths and speak the name of the Lord, Yahweh Elohim, is there any significance to it? Is there any need for it today? And that's going to be the consideration. I'm just going to read our primary text today and uh, then just give you a little bit of an insight as to why um, we're talking about this today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 4, um, verses 25 and 26. This very interesting phrase tells us about an event um, that happens. Um, and, and so let's just go ahead and read these two verses and get started. Adam had relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For Yahweh has appointed me another seed in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. This is what Eve is saying. Um, and so to Seth also was born a son. He named him Enosh. Then, then, okay, so as Seth had a son named Enosh, people began to call on the name of Yahweh. Okay? Men, mankind began to call upon the name of the Lord. Um, and so why am I talking about this? Well, in the midst of a Genesis study that I'm doing, um, here where we live, every other we, we uh, every other week we meet. And um, we're going through the Older Testament. And, of course, we start in Genesis chapter 1, and we have been slowly and methodically beginning this, this study uh, of going through chapter by chapter about things that if we just read it like a novel, we don't understand really what's happening or why. Um, and so when I read this, and I, I've done this several times before, but I camped out and gave it a little more time um, over the last couple of days. Um, towards this topic about this phrase, then, then people began to call on the name of Yahweh. Okay, now there are a lot of considerations towards this, endless commentaries as to why, and we'll touch on some of those presentations for your consideration um, in light of what I'm going to share. Um, but when I read this, um, I stopped and I just started asking a lot of questions. You know, why now? Why here? Um, had men not called upon the name of Yahweh before this? Um, did it become necessary right then? And if so, why? Um, I've got a lot of questions that, that just kind of um, preceded me looking into this some more um, that I'm sharing here today in, in, in part. And, and so for a, for a small peek into where we are in the timeline of humanity when we read this text in Genesis chapter 4, we can use basic math to have us calculate that Adam was roughly 130 years old um, when Seth was born. 
Um, the text goes on to show that, that Seth likely um, was just over 100 years old when Enosh was born. And so why does this matter? The only reason it matters is one thing we need to understand is how far along are we, humanity, um, from creation, from the expulsion from the garden? Um, how, long, how far out are we from Cain um, and Abel? What's going on? We're told very little in, in Genesis specifically. There are other books um, that used to be considered canon that, that share these things in much more detail. Many books that weren't considered canon. Um, extra biblical books that do shed a little more detail on the circumstances of what's going on. Today we'll stick to Genesis 4 um, and a handful of other scriptures as well, um, specifically. Um, but no matter what we all personally believe about the why... Uh, this happened in chapter 4, verse 26 of Genesis. Um, something had changed. Something was going on um, right here, right then. Um, time as we, as we know it had barely begun, really. Um, and this incites very many questions for me. Um, were more formalized assemblies beginning to form, beginning to be put in place for gatherings? Um, where larger gatherings were taking place, where there were maybe, I don't know, just more formalities of an assembly. A lot of people, just to jump off of this, a lot of people just read this and just, I believe, somewhat casually and presumptuously say that this is where organized religion started. Um, in a good way is the light that I read it about church history. Um, this is where, you know, religious gatherings took place. Um, I don't really see that jump for me. Um, I believe there's more to it than that. I guess we could say that maybe in part, that because of mere population, there, was, there were different circumstances at, at, at play. Um, there were literally, just in a basic you know, kindergarten level of explanation of where we are in the, the timeline of creation in, in history, there were literally more and more people, more human beings on the earth. The, the earth was becoming populated. So... You know, whereas before you had only a couple families, a few families, presumably, there's a lot of questions, of course, that we have about what was going on and what Scripture does tell us about, you know, peoples on the earth at the time. But we can, I believe, gather from this that, you know, likely there were some things that had to be put in place that weren't necessary before, simply because numerically there weren't as many people. Now, that being said... Um, and we'll talk more on that in a, in a few minutes. Uh, another question I had. Had intimacy with the Creator already become lost, thereby making it necessary to address Him somewhat differently? Um, and most importantly, the, the, the biggest question of, of this, um, this series will probably be two parts, presumably. I don't know. Depends how we move through. Had Yahweh's name already become lost? That is a very, very good question. If they, in fact, did know his name leading up to this, because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys who are way smarter than me and, and, and know Bible history way better than I'll ever know it. I don't have a problem admitting that, of course. But a lot of these things we have to just presume. We, we do. There, a lot of this is mere speculation. There are a lot of blanks that are not filled in um, about things that were... Why did, how did Cain and Abel already know to bring an offering? 
You know, how did Abraham know to set up an altar? There are a lot of things that we just have to assume were already um, taking place on the earth with humanity, with Yahweh's people specifically, that Yahweh had already in some way divulged to them. Now, I like the mindset that says, the, the understanding that, that while Adam and Eve were walking in the garden with Yahweh, when, when, when Yahweh showed up for his appointed time with um, mankind in the cool of the day, I believe the, that he was revealing himself. He was revealing his character. He was revealing his ways. He was revealing his laws. He was revealing his kindness, his goodness. His, he, was, he was sharing his character with his apple of his eye creation. And so in that, in that exchange, in that dialogue, in the ongoing um, learning of Father's ways, I don't think it's too far to say that, that Adam would have known Yahweh's name. Now, if we follow that path, it's possible because of everything that was happening, and we're going to get to more of this stuff and expand it, which is why it may be multiple parts. We And, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but to fast forward a little bit in time and with my notes, Cain, of course, went out. He went away. He settled in a land that already pre-existed, this land of Node, N-O-D, you've heard it nod, I'm sure. But what in the world is this place? Why is this place already here, this land of wandering? And then, of course, we see Cain establish and begin to build a city of his own. And so, you, you have Yahweh's people, and then you have a new people, if you will, from the lineage and line of Cain, who are not within Father's ways and not going to be walking, calling upon the name of Yahweh. And so there's a lot of things to consider here when we just do read the text that we have been given. Now, okay, so let's, this is a good segue. Um, but again, the question I want to propose that is applicable, because all these things have to make sense today in the sense of, well, what do we do with that? Because again, we're asking the question, do we, we'll make this personal, do we still need to call upon the name of the Lord today? As we see start in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, then at that time, people began to call upon the name of Yahweh. Now, we have to keep in mind that according to Genesis 4.16, Cain has, quote, left Yahweh's presence, okay? And he's ventured out into Node, which again is wandering. It's a, it's a land of wandering. And he begins to build his own city. Um, he names it after his son. Um, and so if we can parallel these two camps, if you will, just as Adam's generations were advancing in Yahweh's presence, therefore we can conclude that there were already at least two camps of belief, those that were within and those in the line of, of Cain that were, what, out. He had, he had left Yahweh's presence to establish and erect the city and begin a different people, okay, away from Yahweh's presence. Now, therefore, I believe we can conclude that there were these two camps of belief that were being established, one would have been pressing into Yahweh's ways, learning his ways, walking in them, and Cain was not. Cain was hard-hearted. We know what happened. If, if Oh, Cain, if you only would have lift your countenance. You know, the, the promise and the hope of, of restoration and reconciliation via repentance, but he did not do that, and he therefore left out of Yahweh's presence. Now, these two camps would have, of course, began to mix. 
as time is, is progressing, these two camps of belief, these two different people groups would have began to overlap, where they would have began to mix. Um, and here we see the inception of, of what becomes one of the, the largest um, biblical principles and patterns that we see throughout all of the history of humanity about the mixing of Yahweh's people with those who are not Yahweh's people, okay? I would, pre I would present that this is really the, the, the precedence that we see, that a hard-hearted, stubborn, um, reluctant-to-repent people go out from Yahweh's presence— my guess is they have nothing to do with his name and his character. And then there are the people of Yahweh who, who begin to call upon the name of Yahweh, to use the text specifically, and they're going to begin to intermix, um, intermingle with one another, and we're going to have a mixed multitude, um, is my consideration. Um, so let's take just a few seconds. Let's take maybe 35 seconds. <laughs> to quickly show some biblical examples of how a name works. And this will help us understand its purpose. And so we've talked a little bit of history. We've talked about a little bit of the timeline of humanity and where we are peering. What are we peering into? What was going on um, on the earth as, as far as what we're told, which again is very limited. But let's take just a second to make sure we're even understanding what we're talking about. When we're talking about, when we speak of calling upon the name of Yahweh. Okay, so Adam assigned names to the animals. We see this same Hebrew word in Genesis chapter 2, 19 and 20, which says this, Yahweh Elohim had formed from the ground every animal of the field and every flying creature of the sky. So he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Okay, here's the same words, the same, same Hebrew words. He, Adam, is calling the animals. Okay, Whatever the man called them, called them, just like men called upon, each living creature, that was its name, okay? Its name. In, in the Hebrew, the same assigning of a name that men ascribe to Yahweh at, the, at our primary text is what we see here with Adam, Adam, naming the animals, okay? He gave them, he prescribed to them, assigned them a name. So the man gave names to all of the livestock and to the flying creatures of the sky. Now we see Adam name Eve, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Now Adam named his wife because she was the mother of all the living. He assigned her a name. It gave her, it explained her character. Why did he name her this? Because she was the mother of the living, okay? Names meant things in ancient times. Today, not so much. Names don't really matter. I, I have spoken on this before in previous episodes, and, and we'll link to those here, about the importance of a name, about how a name ascribes um, character and, and, and intimacy. And when you know someone's name, and this is what I've taught on before endless times, is like when you, when you say the name of an individual, you show that you honor them, respect them, and most of all, you know them intimately. Once you know my name is Joel, if you don't call me by my name from that point on, it would be very dishonorable. It would just be downright foolish. You would never call me Bill from the moment that I revealed my name to be Joel. 
My name is my character. It is part of who I am. It is my identity specific unto me. Now, others have this name, and so even this is a lesser example. There, only is, there is only one Yahweh Elohim, okay? There's only one Yahweh. So we take the principle I just shared, which is very elementary, of the importance and the intimacy within a name, and then we exalt it even higher because there's thousands of Joels, but there's only one Yahweh with a specific name that we are to call upon, that these men called upon beginning after Seth's son Enosh um, was born onto the earth. And so, again, we see um, Adam name the animals. He, he calls them by name. He calls Eve by name. He named his wife. In Genesis chapter 5, we see the lineage of Adam. When Yahweh created Adam in the likeness of Elohim, he made him. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them, and he called their name Adam when he created them. Okay, so there, there was a, an Adam. A man is not a giraffe. Okay, a man is not a, uh, you know, we, we could go on and on. It, it was, it is, it remains forever, will be specific, Adam, specific, a specific being, okay? And this was unto a purpose. This had, had purpose, which is what we're trying to get to um, today. We must keep in mind the incredible increase of wickedness on the earth. Now we're going to jump back into the timeline of humanity and uh, what's going on. I need to check my time here. Wickedness is increasing on the earth. In Genesis chapter 6, right before we're introduced to this, this righteous man named Noah, um, we see this clearly, and, and this is in the text in Genesis chapter 6. Then Yahweh saw that the wickedness of humankind was great on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their heart was only evil all the time. Now, most of us know this verse. We know as in the days of Noah, and this is where we're heading to now, if not already there, um, these, these events will unfold in our version, in our, in our day, um, that looked like this. Wickedness was abounding on the earth. Now, now, we have to remember this was not that far off from when men began to call upon the name of Yahweh. Okay, I would propose that knowing biblical history, Okay? We can easily assume that idolatry had already increased. Idolatry had already increased on the earth. Wickedness. Okay? Um, therefore, it would have become quickly necessary for Yahweh to begin to distinguish himself from other Elohim. This is a point I could really elaborate on. I had a great conversation with my son and my wife about this. I, I'm convinced, because we know when, when Hasatan fell, Hasatan is very, it's plural in nature, and, and we know if nothing else, even our old Christian upbringing, we know that when the devil fell, was cast down, hordes of angels came with him. Legions of rebellious fallen ones came. And then we know, if we followed the text even a little bit further, before we get to Genesis chapter 6, the Nephilim came, and what? They 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 were intimate with women, and, and there was this offspring race of, of a mixed humanity with angelic beings and all these things that we just deem crazy because we live in just really boring Christianity where we were never really taught these things. 
But like this is, these are literal historical records in the word of Elohim. <laughs> and so there's what? And here we are again. There was mixing, okay? There, there were men and there were races of, of men <laughs> that did not call upon the name of Yahweh Elohim. Okay, by this point, I'm presenting even let's go back in time and jump back into um, Genesis chapter four. I'm presenting for consideration that lawlessness, rebellion and chaos <laughs> from this this wickedness of men's heart was already establishing little E Elohim upon the earth, probably in great number. Therefore, for consideration, I'm saying, is it possible that men then at this stage of lineage that we're given through Abraham to Seth to Enosh, that then it was necessary for men to begin to call upon the name of Yahweh specifically to what? To distinguish, to set apart, to kadosh his holy name, to set apart his holy name and make him distinguishable and identifiable amongst all of the rising Elohim gods upon the earth. So, I would suggest that the increase of other mighty ones would have deemed it essential to name who one was worshiping. We see this exact same condition all around us right now in 2023. Would you not agree? We're going to wrap that up and make this part one. But friend, that let me just leave you with that as we jump into part two, which will be a conclusion as well. As we're asking, do men still need to call upon the name of the Lord? Does the name of Yahweh have a place in the church, in the body and assembly of believers who, who say that they know God? I know God. I don't need to say his name. I know God. He knows who I'm talking to is what we always defer back to because so many... Christian brothers and sisters that I love just get defensive. You tell me I don't know God. He knows who I'm talking to. Friend, this is so much bigger than that. That's just, that's not even first grade level understanding for us who are trying to live according to the word. There's a whole lot more going on, friend, in unseen places that it seems, it seems very plausible that only in Genesis chapter 4 timeline, it was necessary for men to begin to call upon the name of Yahweh Elohim with great specificness. Why? I'm, I'm going to continue to present that thought for consideration. You decide what you would like. If you believe this is plausible or not, it's up to you. But we know what happened in chapter 6. And Yahweh even retreats and says, you know what? I wish I had never made man. Praise the Father. He is 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 full of loving kindness and he finds this man Noah and his family and gives him an ark of Yeshua an ark of preservation an ark of deliverance of ark an ark of rescue and so we're asking the question do men today do we today here in 2023 still need to call upon the name of the Lord Yahweh Elohim and as i said to end this with friend we are in an age of gray everything's gray black and whites are even by the church majority, by the Christian majority, don't tell me what to do. I'm in the law of Christ. I'm in the law of liberty. We do what we please here because we're free to just walk in Holy Spirit. Friend, there's a whole lot of gray, and Yahweh's name I'm presenting is has been lost, okay? It's been forgotten, like I believe we're seeing here in this text in Genesis chapter 4. And so therefore, we need to consider, do we today need to call upon the name of the Lord? 
We're going to get to more of that. Part two coming up right after this. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast, or perhaps you're listening over at pathtozion.com where we are doing what? We're rediscovering the ancient way.